It's nighttime in the big city. The bartender wipes the counter with a damp rag. That car's been parked there all night. There's no one left to call. It's theme time radio hour with your host, Bob Dylan. to theme time radio hour. There are people who strictly deprive themselves of each and every eatable, drinkable, and smokable which has in any way acquired a shady reputation. They pay this price for health and health is all they get for it. How strange it is. It is like paying out your whole fortune for a cow that has gone by. Those are the wise words of Mr. Mark Twain. While we've already done shows about drinking and smoking, there's only one unhealthy thing left. So this week, we're going to indulge our sweet truth, go into Sugar Shack, look at some eye candy, meet back at the Sugar Shack, take some candy from a baby, give some sweets to my sweet, get sweet and low down, and maybe even revisit the sweet bird of youth. Because this week, on Theme Time Radio Hour, we're going to look at sugar and candy. Seems like we're always playing. One of the Liggins brothers, this week it's Joe. Joe played in Sammy Franklin's California Rhythm Rascals. He brought Sammy this song. Sammy Franklin passed on it. That's why you never heard of Sammy Franklin. Joe recorded it himself, and it ended up being one of the biggest R&B hits of the 40s and 50s. Here's the song that Sammy Franklin couldn't hear. Joe Liggins, The Honey Dripper. Thank <laughs> you. 
Joe Liggins, the Honey Dripper. I mean, seriously, how can you hear that record and not know it's a hit? Sammy, what were you thinking? If you believe everything you read in Winnie the Pooh, you think that bears love honey. Well, that's not entirely true. Bears are the major predators of beehives, but what they're really looking for are the brood, which is the larva and pupa that has a lot of protein in it. The honey is just a bonus treat. While we're on the subject of bears, I guess this blows our chance of doing an entire bear show. Ah, oh, well. Here's Delmar Schwartz and the heavy bear who goes with me. The heavy bear who goes with me, a manifold honey to smear his face, clumsy and lumbering here and there, the central ton of every place, the hungry, beating, brutish one, in love with candy, anger, and sleep, crazy factotum, disheveling all, climbs the building, kicks the football, boxes his brother in the hate-ridden city, breathing at my side that heavy animal, that heavy bear who sleeps with me, piles in his sleep for a world of sugar, a sweetness intimate as the water's clasp, howls in his sleep because the tight rope trembles and shows the darkness beneath. The strutting show-off is terrified, dressed in his dress suit, bulging his pants, trembles to think that his quivering meat must finally wince to nothing at all. Delmore Schwartz, candy-coated poet. Of the 350,000 known kinds of plants, man places chief reliance on only two, the sugar cane and the sugar beet, or the sugar he directly consumes. Sugar cane thrives in the warm, humid climate of tropical and subtropical areas. Its cultivation dates back centuries before the time of Christ, and Columbus introduced it to the New World. Elizabeth Cotton was born in 1895 in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. At age eight, she started playing around with her older brother's banjo. She could play it upside down and left-handed and developed a personal two-finger picking style. At the age of 12, she was working as a domestic in North Carolina, but soon moved to Washington, D.C. She got married at age 15 and had one daughter named Lily. Lily had a daughter. We'll get to her in a second. In Washington, Elizabeth was working in the department store. She found a frightened young girl who was all alone and returned her to her mother. The girl was Peggy Seeger, and Elizabeth quickly became friends with the family. Elizabeth spent the rest of her life working for the Seeger family, caring for Peggy as well as Pete and Mike Seeger. During these years, she returned to her playing since she was in a household that so appreciated music. She remembered the songs of her youth and played them for the Seegers. Remember I told you to remember her daughter, who had a daughter of her own? Well, that daughter, Elizabeth's granddaughter, is who you hear singing here. It's Elizabeth Cotton with her granddaughter, Brenda Evans. Listen to this, and you think it's a traditional song, but it's not. Elizabeth wrote it. Shake Sugar E. Pawn my watch, pawn my chain. 
recorded a version of the song you just heard but we're not gonna play either of those this is one we gotta play and I think you're way ahead of me from the album American Beauty there's the Grateful Dead and Sugar Magnolia Sugar Magnolia blossoms blooming that's all empty and I don't care so much 
Sugar Magnolia by the Grateful Dead, written by Robert Hunter, and not with Jerry. This one was written in partnership with Bob Weir. Bob only wrote with Robert for a while, later on switching to John Barlow as a lyricist. You probably can hear the noise behind me. You nature fans recognize it immediately as an amber-throated finch, so it'll be no surprise to you that we're coming here from Costa Rica this week. Francis Capola is opening a new vineyard down here, and he invited us down, and I'd do anything for Francis. Hello, this is Keith Moon of The Who here. Two new Great Shake Shake mix scenes. Great Shake's milk chocolate and Great Shake's cherry vanilla flavors. Both turn milk into a rich, thick shake. So thick, it stands up to a straw. Great Shake's! Great Shake's! Great shake, it's so clean, it's thick and dreamy. Any place can be a soda fountain now with great shake, yeah, great shake. So if you want your own soda fountain now, go to the store and get great shake. Go to the store and get great shake. Go to the store and get great shake. Go to the store and get great sh
George Smith, I don't think that's George Harmonica Smith, claimed to be the first to invent the modern lollipop. I don't know much about the medieval lollipop, but George applied the idea of putting hard candies on a stick to make them easier to eat. He named them after his favorite resource, lollipop. He trademarked the name, but stopped production during the Depression, and the name fell into public domain. But in his honor is the great Millie Small from Jamaica, one of the biggest hits ever to come out of Jamaica, and my boy Lollipop. sugar-coated edition of Theme Time Radio Hour. Americans consume 156 pounds of sugar each year. Just imagine that. 31 five-pound bags for each and every one of us. I mean, we consume two to three pounds of sugar every week. At the beginning of the 20th century, on the average, people only had five pounds per year. Now, I don't mean that you're all just eating sugar by the spoonful. It might not be in the most obvious stuff like candy, but everything like crackers, peanut butter, ketchup, yogurt, fruit drinks, a lot of it has high fructose, corn syrup, or other kinds of sugar. So even if you're trying to be healthy, the odds are you're far from sugar-free. For a little bit of sugar is a good thing. Just ask Lazy Lester. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll wait. Here he is with sugar-coated love.
Sugar-coated love. Lester was a gas station attendant and a woodcutter before he was inspired by Lil Walter's record, Juke. He started playing with Lightning Slim and recorded his own records on the Accelo record label. Lester gave up playing for two decades and finally made a comeback in the 80s. What was he doing for that 20 years? Mostly fishing. And they call him Lazy. While while we're down in Jay Miller's studio, who produced most of the records on Excello, let's play another record from that label. This one's a little more countryfied, and it's by an artist by the name of Ray Bats. I don't know anything about Ray Bats, except this song. So here he is, another mystery man, another great record, Stealing Sugar.
Stealing sugar. <laughs> There's that mystery man, Ray Bats, and he was caught stealing sugar. Perhaps he stole sucrose, which is what table sugar is. You'd recognize it if you saw it. It's white crystal. Probably have a bowl of it on your table. Or it could have been castor sugar. It's like a super fine white sugar. Bakeries use it for making meringue and syrups because it dissolves easily. Maybe it was brown sugar. Famous for the question, how come you're that so good? Or maybe it was powdered sugar. That's why granulated sugar costs very fine, like a powdered wheat. Trepanado sugar is steamed clean raw sugar. There's also sugar in the raw. And of course, there's sugar and spice and all things nice. That's what little girls are made of. Lee Hazelwood wrote a song for Nancy Sinatra called Sugar Town. It was a big hit, but for some reason, like a lot of other of Nancy's records, it had a huge following in Singapore. I don't know why, but you play a Nancy Sinatra record, and I'll play a version of it by a band from Singapore. You don't believe me? Listen to this. Here's La Tan, back by the trailers, with Nancy Sinatra's Sugar Town.
trailers, Sugar Town. There's lots of famous Sugar Towns, and there's Sugar Land, Texas, the headquarters of Imperial Sugar. There's also Chocolate Town, which is Hershey, Pennsylvania. And as George Clinton would tell you, there's also Chocolate City. Are you with me out there? We're talking about sugar and candy here on Theme Time Radio Hour. Sugar has no fat, and it's 100% natural. But it still isn't as sweet as the one you love. As Joe Tex is going to sing about... The B-side of his single, The Love You Save, is preaching Joe from Rogers, Texas, if sugar was as sweet as you. Substitutes for sugar, however. The oldest one is saccharin. There's also sucro, aspartame, equal, nutrisweet, and splenda. You go into a restaurant now, they bring you a little bowl with six different colored packages. 
Everyone likes something different in their coffee. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. We told you the story of the strange loves, but it bears repeating really quickly. There are three guys from Brooklyn. Bob Feldman, Jerry Goldstein, and Richard Gatterer. They were writers and producers, and they had a hit with the Angels, My Boyfriend's Back. In the mid-60s, when everyone was listening to English music, you know, the British invasion, they decided they wanted to get in on the act. These three guys told people they were from Australia, a town that didn't exist called Armstrong, where they were wealthy sheep herders who had developed a rare crossbreed. Well, none of this was true, but they had a couple of hit records nonetheless. This one had a second life when it was covered by Bow Wow Wow. But here's the original. The Strange Loves, I Want Candy. Listen to that bold diddly beat. Candy. Hey guys, Johnny Otis is on the phone. He wants to have a little talk with you. Well, the phones are lighting up. We must have a lot of sugar and candy fans out there. Let's see who's on line number two. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Hi. Hello there, what's your name? I'm Candy McNeil. Where are you calling from, Candy? I'm calling 
Rockville, Maryland. Yeah, Rockville, Maryland. It's the Valentine City. Oh, sure, of course. What can I do for you, Candy? Well, I remember when I was a kid, there was a song that I used to hear. There was something about peppermint trees, and there were streams of lemonade, and I think there was like a lake of soda pop. People just think I'm crazy when I talk about it. Could you possibly tell me if I'm dreaming or if that's actually the song? Well, Candy, you're not dreaming, and you're not crazy. There is a song like that. We talk about Harry McClintock. We played him on our Rich Man, Poor Man show. We told you about him being an actor, poet, and a painter, and a songwriter. He wrote a song called The Big Rock Candy Mountain from the perspective of a hobo. He gained experience traveling all over the land with the unemployed. He had great respect for the hobos and bums and became their musical voice. The song, Big Rock Candy Mountain, is about a heaven for the homeless. The dogs have rubber teeth, the police have wooden legs, the tail bars are made of tin. They're gonna hang the jerk who thought of work. Well, it's got a catchy tune, and kids loved it, but these weren't appropriate words for kids, so they changed it. The cigarette trees became the peppermint trees that you remember. Streams of alcohol, that's right, they became the streams of lemonade. And that lake of soda pop you asked about is really a lake of whiskey. People like Burl Isles recorded the kids' version, and it's great for kids to learn songs like this. I think here on Theme Time Radio Hour, we're all grown-ups, so why don't we listen to the original version, Big Rock Candy Mountain by Harry McClintock. I hope that helps you out, Candy. Have fun in the Valentine City. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to have cleared that up. One evening as the sun went down and the jungle fire was burning, down the track came a hobo hiking, and he said, boys, I'm not turning. I'm headed for a land that's far away beside the crystal fountains. So come with me, we'll go and see the big rock candy mountains. In the big rock candy mountains, there's a land that's fair and bright, where the handouts grow on bushes and you sleep out every night. Where the boxcars all are empty and the sun shines every day. On the birds and the bees and the cigarette trees, the lemonade springs where the bluebird sings in the big rock candy mountains. In the big rock candy mountains, all the cops have wooden legs and the bulldogs all have rubber teeth and the hens lay soft boiled eggs. The farmer's trees are full of fruit and the barns are full of hay. Oh, I'm bound to go where there ain't no snow, where the rain don't fall, the wind don't blow in the big rock candy mountains. In the big rock candy mountains, you never change your socks, and the little streams of alcohol come a-trickling down the rocks. The brakemen have to tip their hats, and the railroad bulls are blind. There's a lake of stew and a whiskey, too. You can paddle all around them in a big canoe in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. In the Big Rock Candy Mountains, the jails are made of tin. And you can walk right out again as soon as you are in. There ain't no short-handled shovels, no axes, saws, or picks. I'm a-goin' to stay where you sleep all day, where they hung the Turk that invented work in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. I'll see you all this comin' fall in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. That was Harry McClintock in the Big Rock Candy Mountain on Theme Time Radio Hour. 
We talk about candy and other sugar-related items. I put down a craving once. No. Candy, sweets. I used to beating it all the time. Got examined for the army. They said, you got sugar in your blood, friend. You got to give up sweets forever. It's goodbye, Charlie. I had to give up candy. My gums bleed for you. Here's one of the lesser-known groups on Stacks. They only did five singles, and only this one was a hit. They were originally called the Dentinos in the late 50s and sung around their school and local clubs in Memphis. Carla Thomas heard them and brought them into Stacks. They had a little bit of help on this song. It was written by Steve Cropper and Isaac Hayes in reach number 12 on the R&B charts in 1965. famous candies got their names. The Tootsie Roll was named after Tootsie, 
not the movie, but the five-year-old daughter of Tootsie Roll inventor Leo Hirschfeld, who was an Austrian immigrant who began selling them in New York City in 1905. I wonder if his daughter's name was Mildred, if we'd be eating Mildred Rolls. Doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Milk Duds were created in 1926. They were trying to produce a perfectly round candy, but they kept coming out lopsided. They were still delicious though, so they marketed these duds. The Three Musketeer Bar was originally made as a three-flavored bar, featuring chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry nougat. And Pez, the only candy that comes out of a dispenser, was invented in 1927 by Edward Haas III. The original candy was a compressed sugar tablet filled with peppermint oil. It was made for adults as an alternative to smoking. The name came from the first, middle, and last letter of the German word for peppermint. Cotton candy was originally called Fairy Floss. In 1920, it was renamed Cotton Candy, a change for the better. What do you want when you gotta eat something? And it's gotta be sweet, and it's gotta be a lot, and you gotta have it now. What do you want? Lip smack and whip, back and patty whack and ink and knack and zilver rack and scallop whack and cracker jack and cracker jack. Candy coated popcorn, peanuts and a prize. That's what you get in cracker jack. Here's two songwriters who also wrote some songs apart from each other. Paul McCartney, I think you know, but he wrote a few songs in the 80s with Elvis Costello. My Brave Face was one of McCartney's best records in 1989, and some of the compositions appeared on other McCartney records, as well as on some of Elvis's records. Here's one from Elvis's Mighty Like a Rose. It's a song about a girl, and well, you know the rest. She's so like candy. Listen to the drums on this record. They're quite good. You owe me five bucks, Jim. Here lies the powdered and perfume. The busy clothes are scattered round the room. And it's so like candy. Here lies the lipstick and the face. The colored tablets keep it all.
Elvis Costello, Soul Like Candy, written by him and Paul McCartney, hailed Team Time Radio Hour. We heard a couple of records from Excello today, and if there's one label that's swampier than Excello, it's Eddie Schuler's Go Band Records. This is the first Cajun record to reach the Billboard Hot 100. It's by the former fiddle player and band leader of the Hillbilly Ramblers, who later changed their name to Cleveland Crochet and the Sugar Bees after this song climbed up the charts. Here they are, Cleveland Crochet and the Sugar Bees, with a song of the same name, Sugar Bee.
could hit the charts with accordion or a guitar like that. Been much too long. It's not that I like old music, it's just that I'm not hearing anything like that from out in left field nowadays. How did you like the chocolate factory, Charlie? I think it's the most wonderful place in the whole world. I'm very pleased to hear you say that, because I'm giving it to you. That's all right, isn't it? You're giving Charlie the... I can't go on forever, and I don't really want to try. So who can I trust to run the factory when I leave? a guy who could talk about Trotsky as well as about the Delta Blues. He could tell you about politics and literature, could identify all the French symbolist poets, and play blues and ragtime on the guitar. I could talk about Dave Van Rock for a long time. He could totally electrify a coffee house, and you could never tell when he was drawing to an inside street. It was a privilege to know him. He was a singular individual, and hearing just one song will only give you a clue. Here's Dave Van Rock.
But there's one last thing I have to get you to do. Cavities are caused by a chain of events that start when food is loud to remain on your teeth. The worst thing you can leave is sugar, because the bacteria that naturally live in your mouth love it. Every time you eat or drink something sugary, your teeth are under acid attack for up to one hour. When you eat something sugary, the bacteria turn the sugar into energy and produce harmful acids. The acid eats into the enamel and can cause tooth decay. What I want you to do is go brush your teeth. But if you've been eating candy, wait an hour. Because eating and drinking naturally weakens the enamel on your teeth. Brushing right afterwards can cause tiny particles of the enamel to be brushed away. So once you're done eating, wait an hour and go brush your teeth so you have a nice bright shiny smile when I see you again next week. See you then. Thanks for listening to Theme Time Radio with your host, Bob Dylan. Produced by Eddie Gorodetsky and the associate producer is Anita Fitzgerald. Continuity is by Eats Martin and the editor is Damian Rodriguez. The supervising editor is Rob McCumber. The research team is Diane Lapson and Bernie Bernstein with additional research courtesy of Lynn Sharon and April Hayes, Callie Gladden, Terrence Michael, Sean Patrick, and Matthew Meltzer. Robert Bauer was the librarian and the production coordinator was Debbie Sweeney. Production assistance is courtesy of Jim McBeam and special thanks go out to Randy Azradi, Coco Shinomiya, Samson's Diner, and Lee Abrams. Tex Carbone was our director of studio operations. Recorded in Studio B of the historic Abernathy Building. Built in 1848. It's a great water park production in association with Big Red Tree. This is your announcer, Pierre Mancini speaking. Are you going to join us next week when our subject is questions? 